0: Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. A lot of you have been expressing to me that you've been really appreciating this series, The
1: God Questions, as we've been really wrestling with questions that all of us face. And so the first week we looked at the issue of whether or not God is real. That really led into the next question, which was, is the Bible true? Because if He's real, He's revealed Himself in His Word, well, then is the Bible true? Why isn't it just like any other book of any other religion? And so then we looked at the whole issue of whether or not last week, that do all faiths, all religions lead to heaven? And then we saw that Jesus claims exclusive right. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We saw that after examining some of the religions and saw that, you know, to say that they all lead to heaven really is to express our own ignorance because they're all so diverse, they all say so many different things. And their whole concepts of heaven, whether they say there's a heaven or not, are so different. So when we say as Americans they all lead there, we're really expressing our own ignorance. And in the midst of that, Jesus says, I am the way. This next question really builds upon that. You say, how does it build upon that? Because it's really a natural outflow of that. If Jesus, if you're it, if you're God, and if you're in control, why do you allow suffering? Why do you allow pain? Why do we go through what we go through? If you're in control, we all wrestle with that, don't we? your Head, I mean, if you're not wrestling with that, I mean, whether you're a Christian or not, we all struggle, don't we? God, why? Why? And it comes. And it comes in the most unexpected ways. And it really is an issue that we wrestle with. So here's what we're going to do today, as, as with all the other questions. We're going to examine this question. We're going to look at this question in detail. We're going to look, first of all, at the struggle. What is the struggle that we have with it? Then we're going to go from there and really look at what the nature of suffering is. And, and really, when we discuss the nature of suffering, I'm just going to be honest with you, there's going to be some hard answers there. There are going to be some answers that we're not going to want to accept. There's going to be some head answers. That is, they're really, okay, that's good for the knowledge, George. But then there's going to be some hard answers. And then what we're going to do is, as we look at this question, we're going to wrap it up with Psalm 88 and talk about coping with it. How do we cope with suffering? Because let me just go ahead and say this to you. I'm going to make a point here. You may want to write this one down. The Bible assumes that you and I are going to suffer. Do you understand? There's an assumption in the Scripture and the assumption of the Bible is that you and I are going to suffer in this life. From Genesis to Revelation. From Genesis from the, when paradise was lost to where paradise is regained in Revelation. In between is books filled with an assumption that we're going to suffer, especially God's people are going to suffer. And so we need to struggle with that and we do struggle with that. So let's, let's look first of all at the struggle. Here's the first thing I want you to see. No one is immune from suffering. No one is immune from it. The reality of that came to me real early. I was raised in the home of an alcoholic. And, you know, when you're raised in that, you think that that's just normal. But, see, that was nothing compared to what I would face. See, no one's immune from suffering. And I remember when I was in college, I worked at a Burger King. And I was on the grill, and the boss came over and said, you got to go home. I said, well, you know, you got to go home now. This was in Columbia, and I was over in the western part of the town, and I had to drive over on the eastern, northeastern part of the town, so it took me 20 minutes to get home, walk through the door. My mom meets me at the door crying, and she says to me, your daddy is dead. Somebody murdered him. See, no one is immune from suffering. For some of you, it may be a terrible childhood, it may be a terrible marriage, it may be watching a loved one in addiction, it may be losing a loved one to cancer or some other disease, it may be a tragic automobile accident, it may be a layoff. We're not immune, are we? Have you noticed that suffering really is no respecter of persons? The rich suffer as much as the poor. Those who have intellect suffer as much as those who don't. In fact, if you notice sometimes when you're a Christian you suffer more than maybe those who don't have Jesus. See, no one no one is immune. No one it's there. It's the big ugly gorilla in the room that nobody wants to acknowledge. Have you noticed that? We don't want to acknowledge. We wrestle with it, but we try to go on with our lives like, "Oh, you know, I'm a Christian. Everything's supposed to be happy and hunky dory and wonderful. Till the next week comes. And with it comes more suffering. More issues. No one is immune from it. And and listen here so with because of that, here's the next point. It is a question that everyone struggles with. But I can tell you there have been times when I have been in my office and I have heard of a loved one when I mean a loved one, a fellow believer that I genuinely, dearly love, and hear that they have passed away or that they have undergone some terrible crisis or situation in their life, that I have to be honest with you that there are times when I have to pound my fist on my desk and say, God, why? Why? Why them, Lord? Why are they going through that? Why do they have to deal with that, Lord? They've already dealt with so much. We ask those questions, don't we? Now, here's the problem, though, is because in our Christian circles, we really shouldn't be asking that kind of question. Because, you know, God God loves us, and, you know, it's not right for you to wrestle and question. No, my friends, remember what I told you. It's okay to question. It's okay to question. It's okay to ask Him the reality. And listen, let let me just express this to you. John chapter 11. You remember... Lazarus, when he dies, Jesus goes, and as he comes near to where they are, Martha hears that Jesus is coming, and she runs out to him. And listen to what Martha does. Martha, Martha runs to him and says, Lord, Lord, if you had been here, he would not have died. The one you've loved would not have died, Jesus, if you'd been here. What's she doing? Questioning. Listen, and, and, and do, this is a homework assignment for you. Go, go there. Go to, go to John 11 when you go home. And here's what you do. When you go to John 11 when you go home, here's how Jesus responded to her. Listen, this is what he said to her. Silly woman, get with it. No, he didn't do that. He said to her, I'm the resurrection and the life. Your, your brother will rise again. Put your hope in me. See, he, He's not rebuking her for asking questions. See, my friends, it's only natural to ask questions. So ask Him. Wrestle with God about it. Listen, my friends, you're going to face things that you can't handle. And and just to say, well, i just got to suck it up. I may not understand that one. That's not right. You need to go to Him and wrestle with Him. In fact, we're looking at the Psalms. Do you understand the Psalms? The Psalms. They're, they're called laments. They're, they're, they're called heart cries. The psalms are heart cries. And you'll read, and we're going to read one here in a moment, we're going to read actually the saddest of the psalms. Do you understand? Psalm 88 is called the saddest psalm. And you're going to read where the guy is crying out to God, God, where are you? That's our struggle, isn't it? Can you relate to me? Can you relate to me? We can all relate here. I mean, if you're saying you can't relate... You're not real. You've had too much caffeine this morning. Do you understand what I'm saying? So here's, here's the scoop. What's the nature of suffering? We're going to look at three different things. And again, I'm going to tell you, you may not like them because some of them are hard, some of them are head, and some of them are heart. Some of them are hard answers. Some of them are head answers. That's their theological and their nature. Some of them are heart answers so let's let's talk about it and I'm going to be honest with you as we go through this I'm going to be honest with you it isn't going to answer your question why are we talking about it then because we got to wrestle with it here's the first one God did not create evil and suffering when you wrestle with this question about why did God allows suffering. Why does He allow suffering? One of the first thing that people will say, especially those who scoff, is, is, well, why didn't He just create something perfect in the first place where there was no suffering? If He's God and He, it's not, to me, it's not an issue of why does He allow it. The fact is, is why is it even there in the first place? If He's God, He should be in control. Why does He allow it to happen? My friends, the reality is, is He didn't create it that way. The Bible tells us from the very beginning beginning in Genesis. Listen to this. In Genesis chapter 1 to thirty-first verse says this. And this is after He had created everything. And when God saw all that He made, He saw everything that He had made, and indeed, it was very good. See, the world that God created for us was perfect. We say, well, where did the suffering come from? Where did the problems come from? Where did the evil come from? Us. Adam and Eve. Sin. See, here's what... Here's, some of us, you know, let me just stop for a moment. I've got to make this point because, you know what, you might be doing something that's wrong and you might be engaging in some sin and you just think it's your little pet thing, but I'm going to be honest with you, sin is so seismic in its effect that it affects everything around you. And, you know, Adam and Eve's little sin affected everything. It affected the world... It affected life. And and really, when you start from that point on, from that choice they made, and you go from there, here's what you see. Their oldest son murders their younger son. There's strife. There's war. There's pestilence. There's sickness. There's death. There's evil. And it all traces back to what? You and I. See, the suffering that's in this world is because we brought it because of our actions. Now, that's kind of hard for us to swallow in this day and age. I'll just be honest with you, because we live in a culture today where we don't want to assume responsibility. It's everybody else's fault, you know. So if somebody does something wrong, they say, well, you know, it's not my fault. It's, it's my, my mama and daddy's fault. My daddy beat me too much. Or, you know, or it's it's my coach's fault. Or or it was my teacher's fault in school, you know. They should have just gave me a, a, a C instead of an F. And, and, and we've we got all these excuses that nobody wants to be responsible. And so the same thing happens here. It's like, God, why didn't you create someone perfect? Well, the answer is, is he did, but we messed it up. We mess it up. Here's the other thing. The nature of suffering is this. We suffer the consequences of our sin. We suffer the consequences of our sin. Listen, listen to Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. Paul writes this, he says, Do not be deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. Some of the suffering, I'll just be honest with you, some of the suffering that we endure in life is because we create it for ourselves. Whether it's habits that lead to sickness later on, or poor choices that we make right now? I mean, it's, it's like when you push... If you've got a bunch of dominoes lined up, if you push the one domino, it's going to do what? It's going to... There's going to be a chain reaction and other dominoes are going to fall too. And one of the things we've got to grasp is is that maybe the difficulty that we're going through is not because God is being mean and God is doing wrong. It's that because we've made a wrong choice. So therefore we have to endure the consequences. They're there, aren't they? Here, in fact, let me, let me explain something to you. You know, I love Jesus. And one of the wonderful things about Jesus is that he brings forgiveness and healing in a person's life. But there's one thing that he doesn't remove. Consequences. Consequences. So then we see that. Then there's a the final thing. And this is the one that made, this is a hard answer. And I'll explain what I'm saying here, because you may not like what I'm going to say, but this is in the scriptures, written throughout the Scripture, and this is reality. We suffer because of God's judgment. We suffer because of God's judgment. I, I once heard Ravi Zacharias speak, it was a, an audiophile, and in it he talked about being on a radio show out in California. And a woman called up very indignant and angry, and, and she said, If your God is so real, why did He let the hurricane wipe out New Orleans? If your God is so real, why did He allow the Twin Towers to happen? If your God is so real, why did He not do do all this? And he said, you know, I don't have an easy answer for that, but he said, I find it very interesting that all of a sudden in your life, you want God to intervene in these natural catastrophes. But in every every other area of your life, You don't want God at all. Listen to what um, Proverbs says. I was reading it this week in my devotions. And I thought, man, this fits with what this point is. is. This is God speaking. He said, because I called and you refused, I have stretched out my hand and no one regarded. Because you disdain all my counsel and will have none of my rebuke, I will also laugh at your calamity I will mock when terror comes. When your terror comes like a storm and your destruction comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you, then they will call on me and I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, they would have none of my counsel and despised my every rebuke therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their own way and be filled to the full with their own fancies. It's a hard one, isn't it? You know, one of the reasons why we suffer is because we don't want Him to be in our life. And He says, okay, if you don't want me in your life, fine, then you're on your own. And so we face it, don't we? See, I, I mean, just think about it, those three answers. Remember, you know, First of all, He didn't create evil and suffering we face the consequences of our sins, and we suffer because of God's judgment. The reality is that those aren't satisfying, are they? Especially if you're here and you're going through it. And in a room this size, there's somebody here going through it. You're suffering in some way. And my answers, I already told you before I started, Right? they're not going to satisfy the soul, are they? They're not going to satisfy you in your grief and in and what you're going through. And, and it, just be wait. if you're not going through something now... Just wait. It'll come around the corner. Because that's the nature of life. And, and this does not satisfy you. You say, then, well, what will? God himself. He is the one who will help us to cope. So I want you to notice with me Psalm 88. We'll read it together. I'll read it to you. And then we'll look and see what it says to us about coping with suffering. And this is the saddest of Psalms. So I want you to hear how the writer writes to us. O Lord, God of my salvation, I have cried out day and night before You. Let my prayer come before You. Incline Your ear to my cry. For my soul is full of troubles. My life draws near to the grave. I am counted with those who go down to the pit. I am like a man who has no strength. Adrift from the dead, like the slain who lie in the grave whom you remember no more and who are cut off from your hand. You have laid me in the lowest pit in darkness, in the depths. Your wrath lies heavy on upon me. You have afflicted me with all your waves. sea law. You have put away my acquaintances far from me. You have made me an abomination to them. I am shut up and I cannot get out. My eyes waste... Away because of affliction. Lord, I have called daily upon You. I have stretched out My hands to You. Will You work wonders for the dead? Shall the dead arise and praise You? Selah! Shall Your loving kindness be declared in the grave? Or Your faithfulness in the place of destruction? Shall Your wonders be known in the dark? And Your righteousness in the land of forgetfulness? But to You I have cried out, O Lord... And in the morning, my prayer comes before You. Lord, why do You cast off my soul? Why do You hide Your face from me? I've been afflicted and ready to die from my youth. I suffered Your terrors. I am distraught. Your fierce wrath has gone over me. Your terrors have cut me off. They come around me all the day long like water. They engulf me altogether. Loved one and friend, You have put far from me and my acquaintances." Into darkness. It's a pretty sad psalm, isn't it? But you know, as we read it, a lot of you here could say, man, I can relate to what he's saying. I have been there. Or maybe you're saying, I'm there right now. But here's what I want you to see. First thing we see about coping with suffering is this. We need to recognize this, that suffering affects our whole being. Suffering affects our whole being. When you listen to this psalm, notice what he's saying. That it's affecting every area of his life. It's affecting his sleep. It's affecting his health. And listen, let me go one step further. Notice what it says. It's even affecting his friends and acquaintances. How? Because of what he's going through, they're leaving him. Have you gone through that? When you went through a hard time and you went through some kind of affliction or struggle in your life, have you noticed that sometimes your, your friends and acquaintances are like, better stay away from them right now. It's like maybe you got the plague or something and they were afraid to catch it from you. Have you noticed that? When you, you're suffering hard times, you notice how few your friends get during that time. It's When things are okay, everybody's there. And this is what the psalmist is saying. The psalmist is saying is that my friends are abandoning me. Affects your whole being. You say, "How how does how does that help me to cope with it?" I think that's the first step to coping with it: is to recognize that it affects every area of your life. You just can't push it away. Here's here's our natural reaction: is you know we tell people all the time, just suck it up, suck it up. And let me just stop for a moment. You know, can I be honest with you, counselors here? When your friends suffer a loss like a loss of a loved one, the worst thing you can do is to tell them to suck it up. Let them cry. Let them grieve. Let them mourn. It's only natural. Because suffering is real and it affects the whole body. And so for them to be told to suck it up, all that expresses is that you aren't feeling for them. Because you don't like the mourning. But my friends, it's all part of the process of coping. Is recognizing that suffering really what affects our whole being. The next thing I want you to see is this. It drives us to cry out to God. Notice in the psalm, he's saying, God, I cry out to you every morning. God, where are you? Lord, I'm there. God, your hand is heavy upon me. Why is this happening? Have you noticed how many questions he's asking? Have you noticed the struggle that's going on within him? He's crying out to God. He's not giving up on Him. He's still hoping. See, part of your coping process for for dealing with whatever it is that you're going to go through is the reality of crying out to Him. Do you hear what I said? Sometimes we want answers, but it's not answers we need. We just need to know His what? His peace, His presence. That He's there. See, it's okay to go to Him and to cry out to Him. It's okay to go to Him and wrestle with Him. Why did you allow this to happen? To let Him envelop you in His love and His presence. You may not get an answer, but you'll get a peace. How you cope with it is that you allow suffering to drive you into the arms of the Heavenly Father. Whether you're angry or not, you go. You talk. And you weep. And you are real. It drives you. The other thing I want you to see about coping with our suffering that we see from this psalm is this. Is our hope is in God. Even in spite of where He is. Even in spite of the pain and the sadness of this psalm. The psalm writer keeps saying the same thing. God, I am coming to You for my deliverance. God, I am coming to You for my comfort. God, I am coming to You to help me through this problem. I need You, God. You're my hope. I don't understand why You allow it. There's no easy answer. But You're my hope. You're my hope. You know, a few hundred years later, the apostle Paul would write in 2 Corinthians about a problem that he was going through in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 7 through 10. And in it he says he went to God three times and he asked God three times to take away the problem. Again, so here's the Apostle wrestling with it. Here's the Apostle struggling with it. Here's the Apostle going through a hard time, going before God, saying, God, take this problem away from me. And here's what he says, and I I think this is so powerful, and this has given me strength through the years. And and, and this is what he said in verse 9. God said to him, and he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. He gives grace. He didn't promise to take away the problem. He said He would give you grace. He's my hope. Is He your hope? You know, this is a hard question. And, and I already know that my answers are not going to be satisfactory to some of you. And the reason why they're not, can I be honest with you, is because I don't understand fully myself. But what I do understand is that God is there. Remember I told you about John 11? And about... Martha came to Jesus and said, Jesus, if you'd only been there. And if you go a little bit further in the passage, Jesus says, where have they laid him? And they said, he's over here. And he goes over there. It's the shortest verse in the Bible. And in it, the Bible says this one thing. It says that Jesus wept. Now here's the thing. I've always been perplexed by that because he knows he's going to raise Lazarus from the dead. Why would he weep? Here's why he wept. Because he identifies himself with us. Because he knows, the Bible tells us over and over, that God identifies himself with us and the pain and the heartache and the anguish that we go through. He's our hope. So whatever you're going through, you've got to put your rest there. You've got to wrestle there. And find your strength there. You understand what I'm saying? Find your strength there. You say, okay, George, how do we wrap this up? I mean, you basically told me you don't have an answer. Well, I've given you some answers, but really, you've got to find the answer from your wrestling with God. But let me give you two things. Number one's a question. How are you coping with suffering? How are you coping with it? You say, what do you mean? The fact is, is we all face suffering, and we've got to deal with it somehow. The wrestling and the questioning is a part of it, and you've got to deal with it somehow. And so you're coping, you're trying to find a coping mechanism somewhere for the suffering. So you may be enduring a bad marriage, you may be enduring a bad relationship with a parent, you may be enduring something at work, you may be enduring a health issue, you may be enduring some sort of suffering in your life. But you're trying to cope with it somehow, and we have coping mechanisms, and and, and and we have to you know, if, if the thing is, is we don't recognize it because we all suffer we all face it if we don't recognize how we how we're coping with it we always default to these behaviors have you noticed that? it's like our body naturally goes to those well here's the next thing you need to recognize if you're going to cope with it cry out to Jesus tell him about your marriage tell him about the problems at home tell him about the problems at work that's how you're going to cope Wrestle with Him. You were never created to do it alone. Did you hear what I said? You were never created to face it alone. You were never created to face it alone. God did not create you to be an island to yourself.
0: Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you.